It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. What do we have on tap? Well, only way to find that out, you have to tune in. You have to grab your ticket, get on board, put your seatbelt on. Most importantly, enjoy the ride. That's right. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and your conductor, Anthony Smith. And we are getting ready to get this train on the track. So let's get rolling. train sports talk podcast with your host and conductor anthony smith grab your tickets get on board and enjoy the ride it's the a train sports talk podcast all aboard Welcome to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, brand new year, 2023. Bring you the same hard-hitting sports news that you've come to enjoy over the past three years since I've been doing this podcast. Hope you've had a new year. For me, I've been recovering. Got that diagnosis of the COVID, and uh, just say I'm Taking it easy. It hasn't hit me like it hits other people, so I'm thankful for that. So continue to keep me in your prayers. Likewise, speaking of prayers, we're going to continue to keep Demar Hamlin in our prayers. Those of you that were watching the football game last night, Monday Night Football, seen a very frightening scene as Demar Hamlin made a tackle and. As he made the tackle, he got up and he immediately crumbled back down. So Buffalo safety, DeMar Hamlin, had his heartbeat restored on the field after suffering cardiac arrest during the team's game Monday night against the Bengals. And he is currently in critical condition at a Cincinnati hospital, the Bills said in a statement Tuesday. The chilling scene midway through the opening quarter led the league to postpone the game about 90 minutes after kickoff. NFL said in a statement Tuesday afternoon that the game will not be resumed this week and that no decision has been made regarding playing the remainder of it at a later date. CPR was administered to Hamlin, 24 on the field for multiple minutes after he collapsed following his tackle of Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins. Hamlin received oxygen according to the ESPN broadcast as he was placed in the ambulance and taken off the field some 16 minutes after he collapsed. He then was driven to the nearby University of Cincinnati Medical Center. The bill said in a statement Tuesday afternoon that Hamlin spent Monday night in the intensive care unit at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center and remains there Tuesday. We are grateful and thankful for the outpouring of support we have received thus far, the team said. Hamlin's family on Tuesday thanked the public for his support and asked for continued prayers. 
On behalf of our family, we want to express our sincere gratitude for the love and support shown to DeMar during this challenging time. We are deeply moved by the prayers, kind words, and donations from fans around the country, the family said in a statement released Tuesday morning. We also want to acknowledge the dedicated first responders, healthcare professionals at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center who have provided exceptional care to DeMar. We feel so blessed to be part of the Buffalo Bills organization and to have their support. We also want to thank Coach Taylor and the Bengals for everything they've done. Your generosity and compassion mean the world to us. Please keep DeMar in your prayers. We will release updates as soon as we have them. The majority of the Bills team remained at Paycor Stadium well into Monday night. The team departed shortly after midnight and returned to Buffalo. The injury took place after Hamlin tackled Higgins following the Bengals' wide-out reception over the middle near midfield. Higgins led with his right shoulder and hit Hamlin in the chest. Hamlin quickly got up afterward, was on his feet for about three seconds, and then abruptly collapsed. Athletic trainers came out to help immediately, and a stretcher was then brought to the field as the trainers protected his head. Entire Bills sidelines surrounded him as he received care. Multiple players were visibly distressed and comforting one another as athletic trainers cared for him. Many players turned away from watching Hamlin in distress. The first attempt to move Hamlin resulted in him being brought back down onto the field. But he was ultimately placed into an ambulance, which left the stadium about 9.25 p.m. Eastern and headed to the hospital. Hamlin's family came down from the stands to be with him in the ambulance. After Hamlin exited the field, Bills players knelt together in a circle and then returned to the sideline with the defense heading back on the field to resume play. Buffalo wide receiver Stephon Diggs called everyone over for a word. However, instead of resuming play, Bengals coach Zach Taylor walked over to Bills counterpart Sean McDermott and met with game officials present. The, the decision was then made to temporarily pause the game, which the Bengals were leading 7-3 before the league ultimately chose to postpone it. What was most important was that it wasn't about proceeding with the game, NFL Executive Vice President of Football Operations Troy Vincent said during a conference called after midnight. Frankly, that aspect never crossed my mind or their mind internally. We asked that referee Sean Smith communicate with both Taylor and Coach McDermott, getting the players together. Frankly, it was just about getting a pulse of where they were at that particular time. Vincent said that there was no discussion between him and Commissioner Roger Goodell about a five-minute period for players to get warmed up and that resuming play did not cross their minds. NFLPA and everyone in our community is praying for DeMar Hamlin, the union said in a statement. We have been in touch with Bills and Bengals players and with the NFL. The only thing that matters at this moment is DeMar's health and well-being. Diggs and Taylor were among those who went to the hospital later Monday night, while some fans gathered outside it as well. Meanwhile, reaction came from across the sports world on social media, with Bills quarterback Josh Allen among those asking for prayers and Higgins sending his own to Hamlin and his family. Some of the tweets read thusly. 
Josh Allen at Josh Allen QB. Please pray for our brother. T Higgins at T Higgins 5. My prayers and thoughts go out to at Hamlin Island, the Hamlin family. I'm praying that you pull through, bro. Love. The praying hands and the blue heart. Emotions, you can imagine, in both locker rooms, and I commend both of these coaches, Spencer said. Tough situation to go back in and look at 53 men in the locker room and not that they ask, but just to try to calm down. It was obvious on the phone with them that the emotions were extremely high. It was a very volatile situation, and I thought the coaches, they led tonight. They led their locker room. The NFL Referees Association said Tuesday in a statement that they fully support the suspension of the game. On behalf of the NFL officials working the Buffalo Bills versus Cincinnati Bengals game last night, we offer our thoughts and prayers for a speedy recovery for DeMar Hamlin. The NFL Referees Association said, additionally, we commend the emergency medical staff and doctors who quickly responded on the field to DeMar's serious health issue. Like the players and coaches, our officials fully supported the suspension of this game as all attention needed to be focused on DeMar's health. Hamlin was selected in the sixth round of the 2021 NFL Draft out of Pittsburgh, with the Bills taking him with the number 212th overall pick. He has been starting for the Bills this season in place of injured safety Micah Hyde, who has been on injured reserve since suffering a neck injury in Week 2. Hamlin suffered Monday tied for the second most tackles on the team, 91, and he has one forced fumble and one and a half sacks this year, making 13 starts. Bills defense coordinator Leslie Frazier recently indicated that Hamlin has developed over the course of the season, including noting in the past couple of weeks that he has stepped up more as a vocal leader and improved as a tackler with a lot of with a lot thrown on his plate quickly after he had to step in for Hyde. In that same week two game against the Tennessee Titans in which Hyde was hurt, Hamlin's close friend and former college teammate, Bill's cornerback, Dane Jackson, was taken off the field with a neck injury. Jackson missed one game. Hamlin has a foundation, Chasing M's, that has been raising money for a toy drive. His stated goal was 2500 but by Tuesday afternoon, donations had surged to nearly $4.5 million. One of the nation's top cornerbacks in the class of 2016 out of McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania, Hamlin chose to play for Pitt over Ohio State and Penn State. He delivered, becoming a three-year starter and one of the most reliable players on a defense that required much from him at the safety position. In his final season at Pitt in 2020, Hamlin was a second-team All-ACC selection, leading the Panthers with 67 tackles seven pass breakups. DeMar Hamlin is far more than just a football player. He's a loving son, brother, and friend. DeMar is a hero to thousands of Pittsburgh kids. Pitt coach Pat Narduzzi said in a statement Tuesday, DeMar, we love you. Just praying for you. Pittsburgh always had your back. 
And now it's obvious the entire country has your back too. So that's how we start the 2023 season of the A-Train Sports Talk podcast and 2023 season three. How we start this podcast. Give you the update on Lamar Hamlin and the outpouring of love and concern shown during this time. What I was really impressed about was the fact that when you look at his fundraiser, Chasing M, which was a toy drive, his stated goal was $2,500. But by Tuesday afternoon, donations have surged to nearly $4.5 million. So those who have supported the cause, you definitely need to be applauded. So kudos goes out to those of you who are supporting in this time of need. So like I say, you definitely have my applause. And always continue to keep Lamar Hamlin and his entire family in your prayers. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do right here. I am going to pause and take a break. When I come back, There's one person in particular I have somewhat against. Because in the light of what happened last night, there were some remarks that were made on Twitter by a very prominent radio personnel guy. Stay tuned. I will dive into that when I come back to A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Once again, Happy New Year. your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. It's time for us all to grow together. So, if you would like to have your ad ran on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast, simply reach out to me at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com or at 316-553-2010. Or, if you would like to sponsor a segment, you can also reach me at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com or 316-553-2010. So let's grow together. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Grab your tickets, get on board, and enjoy the ride. 
It's the A Train Sports Talk Podcast. All aboard! Welcome back to the brand new year. Kick off the season on the A Train Sports Talk podcast with your host and your conductor, man. I said earlier, I'm not in recovery mode, but I'm doing my best to bring you news that matters most. Right now, the, they say in Twitter terms, now trending the uh, Mar Hamlin situation. Whether you know the man or don't know the man, you saw what happened tuned in and was wondering what was going on at the time, all you can do is offer your prayers. It's in, it's in God's hand. That's what the first said. It's in God's hand. God has the final say. Sometimes we don't like to hear those words. It seems like we're throwing in the towel. No, it is what it is. It's in God's hand and we got to be conditioned for whatever the authorities are going to do. But at this, we pray for his recovery, that he may be able to walk and talk, even if he doesn't play the game. Just walk and talk. That will be good enough itself. So, as I alluded before we went to the break, there was one thing that was troubling to me in light of all of this was some comments that were made by a national radio talk show guy. He can be heard trading jabs with Shannon Sharp. The show is called Undisputed. The man's name is none other than Skip Bayless. And he caught some flack, deservedly so, and some people are still talking about it to this day on social media. I'm going to talk about it the best way I can on a podcast. Just how many people will hear this, I don't know. But maybe enough people hear what I have to say and will share this. Because there comes a point to where a person should be allowed to only say so much, tweet so much, because even though you're tweeting, you still represent a brand or a company. When you say Skip Bayless, you think of Undisputed, Fox Sports Radio, FS1. You have him linked with Shannon Sharp. And oftentimes, we are swift in this country to move to justice, so to speak. Think back, the owner of the L.A. Clippers, their owner at the time, based on disparaging remarks, there was a swift move to remove him from power. His team was bowed out from under him. 
here recently, Kyrie Irving endorses a book or a movie, whatever the case may be. Nike says good riddance. He loses endorsement deals. And oftentimes, Skip Bayless has made comments, and you this day wonder, why is he still being allowed to get on the radio and even say some of the things that he say on the radio or poke the bear, so to speak? I am at a point to where even though I am a Dallas Cowboy fan, I don't want my name linked to Skip Bayless. If that makes sense. Not that he knows who I am. I'm pretty sure he may never know who I am. But the comments he made, here, here we go. No doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game. But how? Stop right there. No doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game. But how? That's the first question he asked. How can they not? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. That part was right. The game was no longer irrelevant. Yes, there was a magnitude to this game. But still, if you stop and think before you speak, Skip Bayless, you won't have to say, I'm sorry. Unless you were down there on that field, and you were not, and unless you were feeling the emotions that those guys were feeling, and you definitely were not, how could you even come along and make such a statement like this knowing that you represent not just yourself? Yes, you can do your own podcast and will probably have plenty of followers and whatnot and can monetize it. But at the end of the day, you still represent Fox Sports Radio, FS1. People associate, that, associate you with that. And what comes with that is how could Fox let this man continue to ramble on the radio. Mind you, this is the same guy who was an avid Dallas Cowboy fan who came out and blasted his quarterback, Dak Prescott, for speaking on mental health issues. Basically, he said, how can you be a quarterback making the kind of money you make talking about mental health issues? Well, kudos to Dak Prescott, for one, because of the fact, because he has brought awareness to it, the NFL has jumped on board. Because mental health affects not just the everyday person walking around, but it affects people in all walks of life, rich, poor, black, white. It doesn't matter what your living status is. Mental health affects people. But now we fast forward to the statement made last night. Once again, no doubt, NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game. But how? Because right now, it's not about a game, Skip. It's about a life. Basically, what those players seen on that field last night was someone literally, even though it wasn't for the long term, someone literally died on the field of play. 
had to be restored. Thank God, as they say, for those medical staff, first responders that was out there to do their job. But once again, Skip, you have to stop and think before you speak. See, the church I go to, my pastor says like this, if you think before you speak, you won't have to say, I'm sorry. But the way I feel about this whole Skip Bayless thing is, even if he does say, I'm sorry, I would definitely agree with him, but not for the reason that he said he's sorry. I'm pretty sure you can figure that out. Part may want to say, give the man a pass. But then when you look at some of his past track records and some of the things that he has said that made you wonder, and you're still wondering, how is this man allowed to be on? Maybe he does drive ratings, but at what cost do you need those ratings? Let me let me put Fox Sports and Fox Sports 1 on, on blast right now. You got rid of Chris Carter. To me, that show with him and Nick Wright, far none, better than anything I would look at. Matter of fact, outside of Shannon Sharp, I could really care less for Skip Bayless. I'm pretty sure Chris Carter didn't say as many damning things as a Skip Bayless has. But Chris Carter's not on no more. Skip Bayless says some boneheaded things, says some moronic things. As a matter of fact, Doug Gottlieb, who's not one of my, I'm not a big fan of Doug Gottlieb, but thank God that even Doug Gottlieb checked him. Basically, Doug put him in his place last night. And I think it's going to take a lot more people to do like what Doug Gottlieb did and just basically hammer down on this guy until he does one of two things or until the network does one of two things. Skip, we need to sit you down because you have said far too many things that has come across as insensitive, unconcerning. Just because you got a job as a beat writer following the Dallas Cowboys years ago doesn't mean that what you do doesn't stink sometimes. He, he, he put some more tweets on here, but you know, like they say, can't take back the stone once it's been thrown. He says, nothing is more important than that young man's health. That was the point of my last tweet. I'm sorry if that was misunderstood, but his health is all that matters. Again, everything else is irrelevant. I prayed for him and will continue to. Now, my next question is, if you were watching this game, and I know they said his name plenty of times. Why are you referring to DeMar Hamlin as him? I pray for him. That young man's health. That young, when I used to tell my parents growing up that I was going to a friend's house. Well, does that friend have a name? Another name isn't just friend. What's that friend's name? What is their mother's first and last name? Father's first. Skip. The young man has a name. 
His name is Damar Hamlin. Is it not? Is it that hard to say Damar Hamlin? I prayed for him, and well, there's a whole bunch of hymns you can pray for. But be specific. If you've seen what was going on, you know his name is Damar Hamlin. Why was it so hard to say his name? So yes, I have somewhat of a issue with Skip Bayless. Like I said, this ain't the first time he has said things that has come across as unconcerning and insensitive. And then you have to try to backpedal on what you said or what you want us to think that you meant to say. No. I also learned another lesson. Say what you mean. Mean what you say. And remember what you said and how you said it. That way people can't twist your words around. But looking at your own tweets, you twisted your own words around. That's where I'm at on the whole Skip Bayless fiasco. No, this is one of the times I can actually say that I didn't have a script or anything to go by. Straight off the top of my head, unedited, pure, raw emotion. Because some things you just have to plain and simple. So it's something that you learned at a young age. Think before you speak. You can save yourself long lines of apologies. Think before you weigh out the situation. Sounds like that old saying goes. Once the stone is thrown, you can't take it back. And once that stone hits the puddle of water, look at the ripple effect that it has. Skip Bayless, you caused the ripple effect and not for the right reason. On that note, it's time for me to pause and take another break come back I shall have some more for you so stay on the stay on the train ride ride is still moving a train sports talk podcast host and conductor Anthony Smith right back Mr. Max Market, formerly known as P&P, is fully stocked for all your grocery needs. We carry the largest selection of hot links in Wichita, including the world-famous Oklahoma links from Mountain View and Rogers, Kansas links from Yoder, Colorado links from Gold Star, as well as national brands such as Siegel and Dietz. Our meat department stocks ribs, pork butts, pork chops, brisket, hams, chicken, hamburger meat, oxtails, buffalo fish, whole catfish and fillets, and much more. In season, we stock hard-to-find produce such as red, yellow, orange, and purple meat watermelon, cantaloupe, melons, tomatoes, corn, greens, okra, and more. We have a huge selection of fish fry, seasonings, sauces, and rubs including the full lines of Louisiana and Slap Ya Mama products. In addition, we have all grocery staples including flour, sugar, bread, butter, cheese, snacks, milk, and goods, candy, snacks, and drinks. 
is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Grab your tickets, get on board, and enjoy the ride. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. All aboard! Welcome back to what will be my final segment of the A Train Sports Talk Podcast as we get broke in on a brand new year. Bring some good, fresh insights. Bring you the news as it relates to all things sports related. This far, we can talk about the Jamar Hamlin injury. My take on Skip Bayless and what I deem his insensitivity. So now we move into a different aspect, still dealing with football, but could there be a possible coaching change on the horizon? Remains to be seen. Seems like we've gone through this a year ago. Only thing that has changed is the year, but the coach's name is still the same. John Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. But let's see who the blame is for Michigan losing to TCU 45-21. Let's see what the panel has to say. Who's the blame, you think, for this Michigan loss? Right, a couple of things we know about. This is the day after New Year's. Right around this time every year, we all anticipate the ball drop at Times Square and we also anticipate Jim Harbaugh choking a postseason game. <laughs> this is the sixth straight time it's happened at Michigan. Why is anyone surprised? I listened to the same thing you did last week, and I kept wondering, is this the same Jim Harbaugh? Well, it's been the same Jim Harbaugh during the regular season, but it's postseason Jim all over again. The reality is that they were outcoached. They were outcoached. I mean, when you start that game and Max Duggan is doing what he does, I'm sitting there and I'm like, wait, I know he's going to run the ball. What is, how has Michigan looked so unprepared? Three of 13 on third downs. I mean, wow. And then you have the two pick sixes. At the end of the game, you have your quarterback looking right. You have the, the snap going wrong. And everything just seemed to be discombobulated. And that goes back on the coaching. Some questionable play calls. Uh, but, yeah, to me, it was – and, and Jim Harbaugh, to his credit, he did say that he would like to have that call back again, um, the trick play on fourth down. But you go inside the five twice when you're Michigan and come away with zip? I mean, that's that's on the coaching staff to me. I just thought they looked unprepared. <laughs> well, they looked unprepared, so... It looks like Jim Harbaugh, his coaching staff, gets the blame. So that leads us right into Jim Harbaugh. And the headlines simply read, Panthers owner Jim Harbaugh out coaching job. Didn't he do this last year? Was visibly not seen on National Signing Day. 
That's what Jim Harbaugh does. He disappears at a certain time. Look, hey, Michigan fans. Hey, look, hey, look here. We're getting this. Y'all come a long ways under him, though. Y'all beaten the Ohio State past couple of years. So y'all have taken steps. Y'all just haven't made it to the promised land yet. Y'all might get there. It just might not be with Jim Harbaugh. If I can reference this like, like this. Moses was to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. But because of circumstances and situation, Moses wasn't allowed to lead them. It also took the children of Israel a little bit of time to get there as well, too. So if Michigan has to end up pushing the reset button, they may make it to the promised land, but it may be without Jim Harbaugh. So Panthers owner David Tepper has had conversation with Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh about the opening Carolina will have for the head coaching position once the 2022 season ends, according to a league source. The conversation was not characterized as an interview, the source said. Interviews will not begin until after Carolina 6-10 finishes the season under interim coach Steve Wilkes on Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. Wilkes, according to league sources, is considered a strong candidate for the full-time job after replacing Matt Rule following a 1-4 start and putting Carolina in position to win the NFC South before a Week 17 loss at Tampa Bay. The conversation between Tepper and Harbaugh, whose team lost to TCU on Saturday in the college football playoff semifinals, was first reported by Queen City News, the Panthers' broadcast partner. Harbaugh has sincere interest in the Carolina job, according to Queen City News. Tepper indicated after firing rule, who had no NFL experience prior to getting the Panthers' job in 2020 following stints at Baylor and Temple, that he likely wouldn't look to the college ranks for his next coach. Harbaugh is different in that he is a former NFL quarterback and coach. In 2012, he coached the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl, where they lost 34-31 to the Baltimore Ravens, coached by his brother, John Harbaugh. 49ers returned to the NFC Championship game in, 2013, in the 2013 playoffs under Harbaugh before losing to eventual Super Bowl champion Seattle 23-17. After an 8-8 record in 2014, Harbaugh left to become coach at Michigan where he had been a quarterback from 1982-86 to 86, before becoming a first-round draft pick by the Chicago Bears in 1987. Harbaugh's career as an NFL player actually ended with Carolina in 2001. He was signed mid-season and dressed for six games, but never played a down for the 1-15 team. In February, Harbaugh signed a new five-year, $36.7 million, con million dollar contract with Michigan that runs through 2026. That came two weeks after Harbaugh interviewed with the Minnesota Vikings. According to his contract, Harbaugh has a $3 million buyout until year two, which starts January 11th. Harbaugh indicated during news conference for the Fiesta Bowl that he would return to Michigan, but added, no man knows the future. Carolina plans to go through interview process beginning soon 
after the Sunday final. Even if Tepper decides to hire Wilkes, who is black, he has to interview two other minority candidates outside the organization under the guidelines of the NFL's Rooney Rule. Wilkes was hired as the coach of the Arizona Cardinals in 2018, but fired after a 3-13 season, after a 3-13 record. He later joined a lawsuit against the NFL and several teams for racial discrimination in his hiring practice. So we will definitely keep an eye on that Carolina Panther situation as it relates to Jim Harbaugh possibly being the next coach. But then again, what look does that give Jim Harbaugh if he once again is snubbed for the job for a coach, as you said, as the report said, is a black coach who's probably qualified for the job based on what he has done in the little time that he's done. And we're talking about that of Steve Wilkes. Because granted, he's had his tryout, and he's had them on the brink of the division until they lost that game to the Buccaneers. So I think he's proven himself on a small sample size. I think you run it back. Granted, you do have to, because the running rule, hire a couple more, min- not hire, you have to interview a couple of more minorities outside the organization because of the Rooney rule. But you just may have your coach in play right now. So how would that look on Jim Harbaugh not being able to get back into the league for whatever the reason may be? Last year, Minnesota decided we're going to go a different route. He's back in Michigan. This year, his name is coming up again. Like I said, the only thing that changes is the year on the calendar. But the name still Jim Harbaugh, doing what Jim Harbaugh does. I'm not going to go as hard as Feinbein, because like I said, Michigan fans, you have to look at the process that has been made. Got it handed to you the first couple of years by Michigan. Then you finally get over to Michigan run. You win the conference. You win the championship game. You punched your ticket two years in a row to college football playoffs. Now it's just a matter of getting over the hump. The question is, if you're a Michigan fan, you actually got a Michigan guy, don't you think it would behoove yourself to rally around this guy? He's probably a couple of players away from hoisting that trophy. You either make it to the promised land with Jim, you don't. A train sports talk podcast. Hope you have enjoyed the ride. I'm getting ready to bring this ride into the station. Hope you have enjoyed this episode of the A Train Sports Talk podcast. There will be more to come. Like I say, I'm in recovery mode. And due to my job, I have protocols I have to follow, so I won't be going back to work until the 9th of January. So I'll be bringing you the best in podcasts. Not the best of, but the best in. In this present time. 